You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Hello, I'm Drew Wilder. I am not Gary Byron at the moment, but I am filling in and uh, welcome to Mortgage Matters, which you hear every week at this time. And we're again talking with Rob Weinberg from Benchmark Mortgage. And Rob, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing, Drew? Nice to have you with us. Good. Thank you. Yeah, they just pulled me out of the uh, little cubby hole in the back here. <laughs> <laughs> and and just to remind our listeners, if you ever want to get in touch with Rob uh, on, on mortgages, on home sales, if you want to buy your dream home, um, his number is 860-413-3938. That's 860-413-3938. And uh, today we're doing a a review of the year. It's hard to believe, but uh, 2021 has just a few days left. And and Merry Christmas to you and to our listeners. Um, Rob, what... What Christmas gifts can you give our listeners in the year ahead? Great gifts here I want to give them. I I think, like you said, let's do a little bit of a year in review, talk about where we were a year ago, you know, going into this year and what the expectations actually ended up, you know, being and the reality of what happened. So uh, I think our first thing we should discuss with everyone is just to talk a little about the mortgage landscape and real estate market when we were going into this year and the expectations everyone had. What do you think? I think it's great because from what I've heard, when the pandemic hit, which of course was in 2020, but even with 2021, one of the most surprising things people say is what happened with homes and home sales and home buyers. So how does that affect going ahead into the next year, 2022? So expectation versus reality is something we really need to think about. I think the expectation was... Uh, going into this year that people felt like, okay, we've been through this pandemic for a year. Let's get back to normal in all aspects of life. The real estate market had a dip back in early to mid 2020 when the pandemic Mm -hmm. hit and then just came out raging from there. You know, by the time we hit summer, everyone was out and about really uh, doing a lot with home sales and refinancing and things with real estate. Um, But like I said, the market was hot going into this year. I think a lot of economists were also forecasting that the rates were going to go up because they had bottomed out. They had gotten really low in 2020 down to the historically low levels that they had ever been. And, uh, you know, it can't last forever because it was all being propped up by the Federal Reserve, buying mortgages and propping up the economy. So I think everyone also had the idea that, okay, we're going to be back to a normal interest rate environment, a normal home sale environment. But that wasn't reality. Let's talk about what actually happened, Drew. So what actually ended up happening was that home sales actually kept going up. They didn't stagnate or go down. They actually increased during 2021. I think you were telling me before the show, you saw something that it was a number one year ever. They they said a long time, right? This this past Thursday, Wall Street Journal said that the month of November was actually the best month since January of 2021, 
and 2021 is going to turn out to be the best year since 2006. Yeah, and I had just started in the industry back in 05, 06, during the last real estate boom. And I remember saying, you know, I don't I don't think this could ever happen again, even back then. And it did, you know, because of the pandemic and everything that came as a result of that. The other thing that a lot of people aren't talking about that I want to just rip the Band-Aid off about is foreclosures. Because so many people a year ago were saying, oh, all these people haven't made their mortgage payments in so long. They're out of work. There's going to be this huge wave of foreclosures in Connecticut and across the country. And prices are just going to bottom out. They're just going to go down to almost nothing. And you're going to be able to pick up these great properties at bottom dollar prices, you know, like it was many years ago. Um, A lot of them did focus on a real estate crash happening. And, you know, get your money ready. There's going to be this huge crash. Don't buy now. You're going to want to wait because there's going to be this huge crash. All these foreclosures are going to come. Well, that never happened. Here we are. It never happened. Nothing even remotely like that even happened. Um, People that were exiting forbearance. Um, we've talked about on other shows this forbearance program that the mortgage companies and servicers put in play to help people that were unable to make their payments. And everyone thought they were going to get out of this and have to sell their home because they don't have a job and they have all this money they owe to the mortgage company. They're going to have no choice but to sell. What actually ended up happening was that the mortgage companies and the servicers were very accommodating when it came to these people coming out of forbearance. In almost every case I've seen, they just took the money that was owed and they either put a second mortgage on the home for that money or they just added it to the back of the first mortgage. And what a lot of those people have done now that they have gone back to work or are in a position to qualify is they've refinanced now and they've paid that arrears money, that extra money off, whether it be that second mortgage or first mortgage. Um, and they, that, you know, they, they've been in a good spot. The Connecticut housing market in particular has showed a lot of strength and resilience through the year, like I've been saying. So, um, as far as the actual reality, if we really look back, the interest rates, like I said, they had gone up really earlier this year from like January through March, pretty much they had been on an uptrend, but then in March they started coming back down again. And around April through the summer, we got another bite of the apple, so to speak, with the historically low rates. Um, They went back down to those historically low levels or very, very close, Drew, like within an eighth of a point of those historically low levels. Um, Like I said, the market was super hot and it kept getting hotter really up until, like you said, like November was a super hot month. And then it's just normal seasonality in December that things will settle down between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Just not as many people are looking to go out and look at homes and do open houses and show their home and just go through the whole home buying process. So that was pretty typical. Um, And then inventory levels is another thing that we got to touch on because inventory levels stay very tight through the whole year. And I think what that has to do with is people that own a home that are saying, yeah, I want to sell. I want to get a lot of money, but where am I going to go? I'm not paying double what I have now for a home just to get something comparable, right? A lot of this driven driven by the low rates, but how much was driven by people not wanting to sell because of the pandemic and just being afraid of going into a whole new environment? Yeah, I think a lot of it was uh, people were reluctant to list their homes during the pandemic because of that stigma of having people like walking through your home, even with social distancing and masks and sanitization. It still was uncomfortable for a lot of people 
to have others like mm. going through their house. Right. Um, just germs in general were, you know, everyone was phobic about. Right. So I think that that was a big factor. And I had a lot of real estate partners that would say to me that, oh, you know, we're going to see more inventory come. We are, but we really haven't. It's been um, it's been very tough for home buyers, as we'll talk about in 2021. Uh, but with some motivation, with the right realtor, with the right team, hundreds and even thousands of people have been buying homes. First time home buyers have been successful, but now more than ever this year, more than the past, it's been so important on who you work with. So I was going to say on the, that team. So the resources of the person you're dealing with, with your experience and benchmark mortgage and the company you're working with that, that becomes even more important in a market where the inventory is so low. Yeah. And it's something that a lot of my realtor partners have mentioned that they'll get these pre-approval letters from buyers for homes that they're selling and they'll see, oh, it's from a national mortgage lender. Like uh, there's one that sponsored the Super Bowl a year mm -hmm. ago that's very well known out of Detroit. There's a couple out of uh, California and they're licensed all over the country, these mortgage companies, and they go out and they give pre-approvals without talking to someone a lot of the time. It'll just like, they'll go online and type in their information. They won't verify anything. They'll run a credit report and they'll give you a pre-approval. And what I've been hearing and seeing is that those pre-approvals are about as worthwhile as the paper they're printed on. A lot of realtors nowadays, especially those that have been in the business a while, if they get that national big box lender pre-approval, they have so many bad experiences, so many horror stories from deals that fell through at the last minute. Um, several I, I've heard of just recently, they will not accept an offer. They don't care how good the offer is. If it's from one of these companies that has a bad reputation, a reputation of not closing on time, a reputation of not being accountable to the pre-approval that they write, why would a seller want to risk their home on that in this market? You're better off having a little bit lower offer from a local, reputable lender with a mm -hmm. great reputation online, great reviews, and a track record. Right. Not right. just a year or two, but many years and decades of getting the job done. That's so important. Yeah. When you're a national company like that, probably like businesses in general, throw enough, you know what, against the wall. Some of it will right, stick. So right. they're just in the numbers game. You're into the quality game and the localization yeah, game. Yeah. And you, I'm just I'm seeing it so much lately of people coming to me saying, oh, I was working with Chase. I was working with Bank of America. I was working with Rocket. I was working with one of these national names hmm. and they have a name. I agree. There's a lot of brand loyalty mm -hmm. there, but are they the best lender? Are they going to get you to the finish line? Are they going to get you into your home? Even if they offer a lower interest rate or a lower fee, is that worth having your family on the street for Christmas? Right. You know, is that worth <laughs> devastating the dreams that you've worked hard. And I just in the last couple of weeks, Drew, I've had multiple people call me that said I was pre-approved with so-and-so. They haven't gotten back to me or they never verified anything that I gave them and my realtor's uneasy. And then they're finding online who's the best local lender and they're finding me. They're reaching out to me. We can get them on the right track with that, you know, uh, piggybacking off the reputation we've built. Because I have these listing agents call me, say, hey, I'm working with Joe and Sue Smith. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little about your experience with them. Are they fully pre-approved? Have you verified their information, their documents? Gives them that comfortability that they take that offer, even if it's a couple thousand less or a little less than the next best, they have that certainty. Yeah, you know? I mean, you're talking about the biggest decision people make in their lives. It's not like buying the wrong cup of coffee at the wrong place. 
Exactly. Who you deal with, it becomes even more magnified yep. in its in its importance when you're talking about real estate. So how, how important? I mean, I can remember all those years that Connecticut real estate was dead, I guess. It, nothing ever happened for, what, 13, 15 oh, years? yeah. So now they're talking about rates going up three times. They're saying in 2022, they just moved it up a little bit to March. Um, how does that affect people uh, wanting to sell or wanting to buy right now in the next three, four months? You know, I'm not a... Um astrologer or psychic or anything and I will but I will tell you the Fed does not actually control mortgage rates they they take cues so mortgage rates do track you know treasuries which the Fed controls so it's like an indirect type mm -hmm. of increase that you're talking about there's been times where the Fed raises the federal funds rate and mortgage rates actually go down so they aren't correlated exactly. But with that said, Drew, I think the point is that all expectations are based on the recent Fed meeting that rates are going to go up during 2022. Are they going to go up a little bit? Are they going to go up a lot? I don't know, but they're going to go up uh, right. somewhat. Uh, at least that's what almost everyone's saying. So if you're a home buyer looking right now at the opportunity, you want to move forward sooner rather than later. It's really simple. Yeah. You might be able to afford more home now at a lower rate than you would later on with a higher rate, obviously, because your payment's going to be the same or less. Right. So it's just an affordability question. When it comes to buying a home, it's usually not focused on what's your rate. It's what's the payment, right? right. What's my monthly payment? An interest rate doesn't pay your mortgage. A monthly payment right. pays your it's mortgage. It's what I can afford. The higher the rate is, the higher the monthly payment it's going to be. Right. Okay. So if you're on the fence, there's a argument to say, just get it done now. If mm -hmm. you find a property and a deal that works, you're the sooner you do it, the more certainty you're going to have uh, going forward. So that's for home buyers. Homeowners have been taking advantage of refinancing and opportunities we've been talking about mm -hmm. for really, uh, really the last two years almost now, right? A year and a half plus. And um, I would say the same thing to them. If it's something that's been on the back burner and you haven't refinanced yet, you've been thinking about it. Maybe you bought your home six to 12 months ago and you're starting to look at it for the first time. Seize the opportunity right now. Get with a local advisor. Have the numbers run. Um, you know, we don't charge any application fees or consulting fees up front for anything like that. So find out how much money you can save. If the numbers make sense, be decisive. Get your rate locked in now. Just this week, I've locked in rates for several, both home buyers and refinancing clients. That They want that certainty. I know I'm going into the new year. Here's my new payment. I know what my monthly savings is going to be. I know what I'm going to get. If we track this out, even a couple weeks, a couple months, interest rates can be volatile. They really can. And you may have an opportunity right now today to save a couple hundred dollars a month Let's say 200 a month. Well, a month from now, maybe you're only saving 150. It's still worthwhile in a lot of cases, but a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Seize that opportunity, lock in, do it now, get decisive, you know, sitting around and dilly dally. Oh, I'll, I'll deal with it next year. That doesn't work. And I've talked about in some other shows that my most successful clients, the entrepreneurs, the multimillionaire mm -hmm. entrepreneurial type of clients that are very successful in their lives, both mm -hmm. financially and their business. One commonality I've seen is that they're very decisive when it comes to making decisions about their money. If something makes sense, if the numbers are there, if it's in black and white, 
let's do it. Like right. that's the attitude. What do we need to do to move forward? Where I find my less experienced clients, those that have either never owned a home or have only owned a home for a short period of time, they're like, uh, maybe, uh, let me think about this. I'll uh, look at it next year. I'll look at it in three weeks. They don't understand that it's like the stock market. It's volatile. It changes. So an opportunity today doesn't mean it's going to be an opportunity a month or right. two from now. And I've had people I spoke to several months ago that didn't do anything. And then they call me back and say, Rob, I know it's been two months, but that deal we talked about in July, in September, I'm ready now to do it. Unfortunately, the rates are different now than they were. In most cases, they've gone up. Um, a lot of things have changed since then. So I guess the... Um, the lesson of that story for all our listeners here really is if an opportunity present itself either on the refinance or home buying side, be decisive with your decisions, yeah. move forward, and don't look back. Be confident. Right. Just do it. Exactly. Well, someone once said to me a few years ago, analysis is paralysis. Exactly. And that probably yes. follows in anything. The, the, the less experienced you are. It does. The more you're going to put something off, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like inflation. People that bought a car two years ago mm -hmm. are paying less than exactly. people now. So, so 2021, very changing year, as as you're talking about, and we're talking with with Rob Weinberg from Benchmark Mortgage, and it's Mortgage Matters, which you can hear every week at this time. Um, so, with the changing environment in 2021 for both home buyers and home sellers. What lessons can you tell our listeners that they might be able to get some insight on in sure. 2022? I mean, I think the number one lesson is nothing's guaranteed. Uh, there's a lot of external factors that affect real estate and mortgage that are out of our control. So when it comes to that, you need to just kind of play play the game, you know, understand what's going on, have the advisory, have the consultations, have the right team and let them drive a lot of your decisions and making the best timing of, of those decisions. Um, the second thing is play to win every single day. Don't bet on what the future is going to hold. Uh, like I said a minute ago, uh, a bird in the hands worth two in the bush. And don't take that for granted at all. I think the last thing uh, that we can learn from 2021 is that people and companies adapt to markets, they adapt to technology, and the ones that don't get left behind. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, many, many years ago, I was against even doing advertising or content on social media, um, you know, and I had that type of thought process. As you know, in today's economy, in today's market, you have to embrace all technology innovation, everything going on. And those that haven't done that, like Blockbuster Video, for example, they're left behind. The companies that try to do things the old way and refuse to adapt, refuse to get into this new economy, they're gone by the wayside. So just make sure, again, the people that you're working with are uh, embracing that and are on the cutting edge of that. I think that's something that everyone can learn because we keep just innovating things just keep moving forward with technology and that just plays in with the market yeah you have to adapt or you're left left behind things always change but yeah. and speaking of technology um you can see the show how how, how do people see the show they can actually later yeah, on you can see the show right on our youtube channel uh youtube.com slash robert weinberg mortgage um, you can also find us on facebook twitter just throughout social media we put out videos uh, of this uh, station of the podcast of the actual show that we're recording right now throughout. So um, we also do highlights you can find all all out there. So if the content we're talking about is resonating with you, go on YouTube, go on Facebook, Instagram, go find us and follow us because not only are we putting out what we're talking about today, but in between these shows, we're also putting out a lot of content and information 
um, that you're not even getting here, really cutting edge things that you're not even going to hear about because we're limited on time. Information is power, as they say. Exactly. Now, what do you say to a homeowner? So we're talking about prices, how they've risen with with limited inventory. I mean, what do you say to a homeowner who's been striking out all year trying to get a home with homes selling above asking prices? You mean home buyer. Home buyers. Home buyers. buyers. So they've been striking out all year. Now they're trying to buy the home again. Right. Um, What what do you say to them if they've been dissatisfied? I see it all the time. I've had a few clients recently. They've been trying to buy homes for, you know, six plus months. And only now, only in the last 30 days have they gotten traction on their offers and started moving forward. So I would say to my clients and home buyers listening today, stay the course. Now is your time. Okay. It is. There's great opportunities right now on the financing end, on the real estate end, and combining that into your own personal wealth strategy. Don't get discouraged. The opportunity is here. And I say that right now as we record this at the end of the year, um, now more than ever, because seasonality factors, we did an entire episode on seasonality a couple months back as we got into the fall. And the seasonality factors may actually help you to get your offer accepted today versus several months ago, because historically prices can stagnate or even decrease five to 10% in the winter months. So you as a home buyer that's been striking out all year, you might be able to get that dream home now for five, 10% or more, less than it was six months ago. There's less competition, the time of year, people just don't want to do as much with selling their home and buying a home when you've got ice on the ground, when you've got snow coming down, when you've got the holidays and travel. If you're single or you have a family with some mobility and you have the ability to go into open houses now. You have the ability to get a mortgage application process now. When a lot of people are doing these other things, if you have that ability, you can really strike while the iron's hot and really get an opportunity of a lifetime. You might look back several years from now and probably will saying, gosh, I'm glad I bought that home in 2021 or early 2022 because as we will continue to discuss, the prices aren't, you know, they're they're going to continue long term to appreciate. We're not in a situation of a real estate crash or a major downturn in prices. So I feel like those who bought their home this year, already many of them are sitting on equity just a few months later. So if we went, if we rewound the clock back to like January 1st of this year, what, what's the biggest surprise that, that you would, would say happened in the year? I think the biggest surprise is the market stayed hot and got hotter. I think that's it. Nobody thought, you know, after last year when some areas had 20, 30, 40% increases, how could we have another year of double digit? And here we are. And, in a, in, you know, it's local. Some areas didn't go up as much as others. Some went through the roof. But I think that's the big um, the big factor and the aha moment that a lot of people are having is, gosh, I didn't think they could go up. You know, people are telling me, Rob, I'll wait till 2022, 2023, because I want to wait for prices to go down. Those people are sitting there right now, not with a great feeling because they kept going up. And that leads me to another, uh, you know, another thought for home buyers right now in this current crazy market. And that is to refresh your pre-approval. If you got a pre-approval three months, six months ago, refresh it now. Is it time to switch lenders? If you haven't talked to your lender or realtor in a while, maybe it's time to look at other options to someone that's a little more hands-on, uh, you know, that's able to really hold your hand through the process, answer your questions. 
There have been new innovations in mortgage products and mortgage strategies just over the last several months. So find out about other programs and options might give you an edge in the marketplace. Maybe six months ago, you were pre-approved for an FHA loan because your credit was low, but maybe now you can get approved for a conventional loan. Maybe you used to need to put 5% down and now we can do it with 3% down. There's all these changes that happen, but if you just deal with one person and get one opinion and don't ever you know, look around or shop around or anything like that, you're never going to know what you don't know. So I think refreshing that pre-approval when you're ready to get back out there and looking at other options, both on the real estate professional and the mortgage lending or mortgage advising side, it's never a bad idea, especially right now. And people are going back to work more and more every week that passes. So I'm wondering, with all the government money that's been out there that people have been getting, does that add to people's income when they it try to qualify? It does not, no. That's temporary so income. That's, temporary. that's just stimulus. You could use that towards a down payment or to pay off debt or something like that, but it's not counted as actual income when it comes to qualifying for a mortgage because it's temporary. It's one time. It's not ongoing. So more people going back to work, that's a good thing. Right. More Definitely. In, better incomes. They can mm -hmm. afford higher prices, whatever. Um, now, is there any innovation that you see on the horizon that will change things? I know you talked about technology, but anything maybe with in technology or anything else? Sure. I think um, because we've been just catapulted into this virtual world, right? Um, there's going to be tons more innovation going on, more technology. It's just sweeping our industry, mortgage and real estate. Uh, we always used a bit of technology, but we weren't as far ahead as other industries were. And the pandemic forced us to become a lot more innovative and use a lot more technology. There's new tools coming out all the time, electronic closings, express closings, automated appraisals. I think that's going to be a big thing going into next year is more automation with appraisals because appraisals are a big uh, holdback or a big hiccup during the process that takes a lot of time. A lot of the other parts of the mortgage process have been automated to the point where we can get it done very quickly, if not instantly. But the appraisal piece... Um, it's, you know, it's only about 50% of refinances right now. The last statistic I saw have an appraisal waiver. So that's great because five years ago, almost no appraisal waivers happened. So we're like now 50% of refinances are through uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are getting an appraisal waiver. So that's great because those are the loans that close in a couple weeks, right? But all those other people that can't get an appraisal waiver, there should be some innovation. There should be some technology to help them. And I've seen some recent things come out from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac saying that they're embracing desktop appraisals and some other types of appraisals besides just the appraiser going going out and doing their normal thing. They're going to allow like automated appraisals from the standpoint of being able to get photos from the consumer instead of going into the house, being able to do a walkthrough on like a tablet or on a phone instead of the appraiser actually having to be there. I think that's going to really take off over the next year. And I'm super excited about it because that's been, like I said, a bottleneck in the industry for a long time. Um, the entire mortgage process is going to be sped up. I remember when I started, it would take, you know, at least I'd say three to four weeks if you're lucky to get a mortgage done. Now it's down to a couple of, you know, two, three weeks. Ah, interesting. And that'll speed up the whole market, speed up as you're even saying. More. You know, I see in a year, maybe we can get a loan done in one to two weeks. Wow. It's going to be amazing. You could have a drive-through. Uh, exactly. Rob Weinberg. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Rob, Rob Weinberg. Mortgage Matters, you can hear it every week at this time. Gary Byron will be back uh, in a week or two. And uh, I 
Appreciate your letting me host the show. And uh, it's fascinating. And if you want to get in touch with Rob and get the dream home or finally be able to sell your home and get the, your dream home, uh, Mortgage Matters is uh, he's from Benchmark Mortgage and his number is 860 413 3938. That's 860-413-3938. And again, you can hear Mortgage Matters every week at this time. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. I also want to say if there's a question anyone has, happy to answer it on the air. Just shoot us an email at mortgagemattersradioshow at gmail.com. Again, mortgagemattersradioshow at gmail.com. And if you just want to poke around and find out a little more about me, my experience, what I do, I recommend the website, connecticutmortgagelending.com. Again, www.connecticut, spelled out, connecticutmortgagelending.com. Thank you, Rob. Well, thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.